Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. And this is our Street Smart Spirituality Hour. We're thrilled to be joining you here, wherever you are, however you are. We've got a fabulous show for you today. We're going to go right up to the hour. Fabulous guest. Uh, and, um, and I want to mention to everyone that uh, Dr. Pat's Holistic Makeover, uh, ha- you have till the end of this week to submit your name, to tell your friends, and to make it happen. Right now, we have Schwinn Bicycles that is signed on. They're going to be providing bicycles to the winners. We have folks that are contributing to our 10-week teleclass. There will be no losers. Everyone will win. Go to drpatsmakeover.com if you want to find out more. We've got lots going on. Today's show is with someone that knows a lot about stepping into our power, a lot about creativity, and what it means to have the tools that we need to create the lives we want. I'm talking about my guest, Katie Goodman, who's joining me here today, a nationally touring improv comedian. So who knows what we're going to do during this show. (laughs) You know, because between she and I, we're ready to kick it up. And we'll find out from Katie what it means to tour. How does comedy help us? And, you know, I, I love this conversation. And, Katie, let me say thank you and welcome to the oh, show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Well, you know, I want to ask you, I'm, it's so often we get so serious about manifesting the things we want, about how to live our lives, and we forget that we can actually apply humor to this. I mean, how did you come across your gift, your talent, to be the one who makes us smile about our lives? <laughs> You know, it's funny. Actually, I was just um, home this weekend, and, and I was having a conversation with a friend of my mother's who knew me when I was little, and she said, you've become much funnier as you got older, so it is actually something that you can learn a bit. Um, you know, I, I really gravitated towards comedy as an actress. I have a, um, a show called Broad Comedy that is a women's satire show, and, and um, when I started that, I really stopped doing drama because I felt that, well, comedy is a lot harder, I think, and more challenging, but... I just didn't want to do a drama for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time. It was sort of just for me. I got too into it. It was too depressing, (laughs) and I wanted to do comedy. But um, in terms of the sort of spiritual work I'm doing, um, it was interesting. I actually was doing a lot of improv comedy with my my company, Spontaneous Combustibles, and then we... um, I was teaching yoga at the same time. I had just gotten certified at Kripalu. This is like, I don't know, 12 years ago. And I noticed that all the things that I was practicing in the um, in the ashram were the same things that I was practicing at the improv shows at night and at rehearsal. And they were things like staying present, um, you know, going with the flow, give up the goal, surrender, don't be a perfectionist. Like all those juicy things were happening in both in both venues. And I thought, okay, there's there's something in this, and it just became my my spiritual practice actually. And then we went, and then I, I sort of took all of that and put it into a workshop, and it was predominantly for um, women. I've done a lot of speaking and workshops um, since then for, for both men and women. But there's something going on, I think, about taking things so seriously and women being just so stressed and overworked and tired and so many demands on us. Um, 
and, and it's a really important part of our lives to be able to um, step back from it. I think comedy allows us to kind of take a breather and go, okay, I see the whole picture. Well, exactly. And, you know, it's really kind of interesting how we get to look at our lives and look at, you know, the laughter that it's, that's applied. And I've got to ask you, I mean, it's funny that you made the comment about, uh, that someone else made about you, that you've gotten much, much funnier since you've got older. I mean, people have said that about me. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I kind of wonder, I don't really have a sense of what was going on when I was younger, Katie. I mean, you know what I mean? I, I didn't know that, you know, people saw me like as Darth Vader. <laughs> I mean, it's totally not who I am now. And so I've got to ask you the question. I mean, you know, was I possessed when I was younger or am I possessed now? <laughs> oh, that's a great, that's a good question. Now, now if, yeah, you're, you're, um, Go ahead, you could say it. I could answer that in part, but, um, no, I think, you know, and, and I, it, for everybody it's at a different age and a different stage. Some of us were actually lighter when we were younger and things have gotten more heavy and serious. Crusty. You know, yeah. Right. <laughs> that, so I created crust busting, so, yeah, crusty is my right, word right. for it. Yeah. And I think that it's, I think it's really about, um, um, Surrender is a good word I like to use a lot. You know, mm-hmm. when you're doing an improv game, if you are totally attached to the goal, so say you get on stage and you're doing, and this happens in workshops and even at speeches when I do a little interactive thing, uh-huh. and uh, and you can see, I mean, you can just, I, and I've been doing this a long time now, so I can see in about 10 seconds, a person who is just like, oh, God, I have to have a great idea, or I know right where this is going. And this this could be, interestingly, it can be, People who are normally leaders or followers, because sometimes followers are even more concerned with where they think the thing should go, but um, either one, so they, they have this idea, oh, it's going to, you know, we're doing this, we're telling a story about, um, you know, firemen, and it's got to lead to, um, you know, save, rescuing the baby out the window at the end or whatever. But then somebody else sort of blindsides them, not intentionally, they're just being creative, and they take it down some other totally random road to the White House or whatever, and the person's left in the lurch like, ah, you know, what, what, and, the, and there's several things that can happen. Either if you've practiced all your life being fairly rigid <laughs> and inflexible, <laughs> that's what's going to happen right okay. there. But if you've been practicing or if you begin to practice now, it's really something that you can learn is every day really practicing being open, more flexible, in the moment, um, allowing for change and going, huh, you know, the kind of the cosmic huh, <laughs> as opposed to the ah. So, you know, where you say, oh, let's see where this is headed, you know, and being a step removed, which is, it's also, you know, it's really a Buddhist practice, really, all of these, which is you're watching yourself. Oh, yeah. And, you know, what I love is, first of all, I love the book. And Thank I you. want to mention to everyone that if you're just tuning into the Dr. Pat Show, that's what this is. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm your host, Dr. Pat Basile. I'm joined by a very, very special guest. Katie Goodman is joining us here today. And the book that I just referred to is called Improvisation for the Spirit. Improvisation for the Spirit. Live a more creative, spontaneous, and courageous life using the tools of improv comedy. So, Katie, tell me about the chicken on the cover. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? You know, when my publisher sent it to me, this is not my design at all. The source books did this. And they sent it to me, and I was expecting, you know, some sunset <laughs> photo because it's a self-help book. <laughs> and I pulled up this on my email, and I absolutely burst out laughing out loud. And they nailed it because this is what it is. It's not, um, I mean, 
there are funny stories in here. It's journaling. It's looking at yourself in a yeah. fun, light way. You know, there's exercises called spoof yourself, you know, things like that where you, where you, you know, you're actually trying to see everything in a less um, attached, tense, neurotic way, you know, where you can step back. So I, I was really pleased when I had a little rubber chicken on the cover. You know, it's funny, actually, they didn't even know this, but my women's troupe, Broad Comedy, um, has a um, rubber chicken backstage, and every time before a show, we do sort of a mock, um, you know, uh, not quite prayer, but cheer to the, to, the, to the rubber chicken backstage. So it's actually... Of course we do. I mean, we have to. We have to do a prayer. We have to praise and raise the rubber chicken. I mean, come on, Katie. Haven't you learned that in Spirituality 101, you first learn to praise and raise the rubber chicken because if you can do that, you can praise and raise your worst enemy. Yes. And, you know, this is what I love about this. We, boy, we have gotten so serious, I think, at times with who we are, what we manifest, what we don't manifest, who's paying attention in our lives. And basically, you know, where do we start with this? And this is the question because you lay this out in the book. When I say where do we start with this, you have a section that's called getting started. And I want to talk with you and, and please ask you, please go over the four skills of improv. Okay. And the reason I want you to do that is because I believe that what you are pointing out to us is there are some things we can learn through comedy to help us not only get through the best times of our lives, but somehow the worst times of our lives. Right, right, right. And I will, and I will just preface this by saying too that I mean the point here um, is really we're trying to create an authentic life, and it's such a great buzzword. I mean, I really do like that word, authenticity, and and especially for women trying to find our voice. So all the steps and all the tools of improv that are kind of leading to, okay, what am I really actually going to take and use in my everyday life because I'm not about to go be an improv actor. I mean, that's not the point of the book. But are to, to get comfortable every day, taking small risks, being more authentic, saying the thing to your spouse or your, or your, your employee or employer or your kids or whatever, the person on the street, that is more honest. Um, we, I use the term honest the way actors do, where it's like believable and real and authentic. Um, so the four, there's four skills that are kind of just the four that I have just to kind of get you going, and then, then there's a whole bunch of other. Yeah, here, and that's what I mean. Yeah. I like to start to get us all going here, okay. just in case there's anybody <laughs> trying to listen to the show yeah. and watch the news at the same time. Right. We want to get everybody's. <laughs> don't multitask. Don't multitask. Let's get right to it. Um, the first one is about being present, mm -hmm. and it has to do with listening carefully. Um, and I know that we're all trying to learn how to how to do active listening, and it's such an important skill. And and this is where the sort of Buddhism and improv, you know, in in Katie's world, go kind of mushed <laughs> together. So being present on stage or in anything you're doing, whether it's carpentry or or another kind of an art or a radio show or whatever, is being I'm here. I've let go of my day. Um, uh, and of everything that kind of got me here and everything that's to come. So I'm just completely here. And that's where the creativity happens. People worry when they're on stage they'll have nothing to say. And the times that we have nothing to say um, is usually because we're blocked by hearing a voice or something else saying, oh, I don't know what's going to happen later, or I've never before been able to do this. So it's really you're not actually present. Whenever you're present and you're listening to the other person, stuff just comes out. Mm -hmm. creative work. So that's really good news, you know. That is good news. Right, because there's always something there for you. Um, the second skill is um, 
the pink elephant rule in improv, we call it, which is uh, it's, it's about negation. Negation is when you when somebody says to you in a scene, hey, look at that pink elephant, and you say, what pink elephant? Or there's no pink elephant. Um, that's the classic you know, example people use. And you don't want to do that. So um, the other way to say that is yes and, yes and. So somebody says, oh, yes, I see a pink elephant, and it's standing on your mother-in-law. That's exactly. So um, you're always adding, adding something. Um, the third skill is, um, uh, well, that is, that's, that's the affirming and the adding. And then the fourth um, skill is always being willing to surrender your plans. So if something isn't working, and God, how many times a day has this happened, you know, just in radio? Do you want life? me to admit this on radio? <laughs> I mean, I could do that because i got to tell you, you know, when you're in the kind of business that you and I are in, you know, when we're reaching out to millions of people and we're getting responses from people on a daily basis, you know, look at how many times we could step into the pothole of big questions, you right. know? right. Right, right. You know, I was on the radio um, last week with, uh, uh, actually locally where I live, and I walked in and the woman and I, DJ and I, had known this uh, other beautiful woman from NPR who had just passed away a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I thought she knew, the DJ knew, and she didn't, and I sort of inadvertently told her about our mutual friend. So 10 minutes before we're about to go on, you know, she's in tears, and, and I said, Look, if what you want to do right now is we talk about Lenny Holloman, let's talk about Lenny Holloman, because mm-hmm. that's what this whole book and this practice is about, is being right here right now, and Lenny was creative, and there's a lot of stuff. She'd love this subject, you know. So we ended up talking about her um, kind of towards the end. She wanted to get off a little bit because she actually literally couldn't speak, so she wanted to kind of step back from it and just hear what I was saying about my work, and then we did bring her in at the end. But it was such a she was sort of thrown by that. I don't think anyone had ever said to her, you know, what I just said as opposed to, oh, push it down, push it down, let's keep going. Oh, yeah, let's stuff it. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that it's going to show up at some some time later. Right. Um, you know, as right. a giant crust ball in the form of cancer yeah. or some kind of, you know, autoimmune thing. Or, or even just a crummy interview because... A crummy there. interview. <laughs> you know, simply. And it's interesting. I mean, this is what I do all the time, so it was really easy for me to say it, but it was, um, I think, unusual <laughs> for her to have somebody you know, be there like that. Exactly. So, um, and I, you know, I'm grateful to my teachers. One of my main teachers is Sherry Huber, and she's a, a Zen teacher, and that's, you know, just completely her shtick. <laughs> well, you know, and this is what we get to create in our lives. I mean, this is, you know, I, 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 I remember as a kid, and I want to ask you this, Katie, and, and just to make sure uh, that everybody knows that, you know, Katie Goodman is my very special guest today at her website. You could, you could check it out. You could go to katiegoodman.com, which is K-A-T-I-E, goodman.com. You could also go to improvforthespirit.com. And, you know, Katie, one of the things that I was so thrilled about the book, one of the things I love that you did is that there are so many invitations for us to practice. There are so many opportunities for exercises that you've created in here. Okay, good. Yeah. You know, and, and this is a way that we can kind of laugh at some of the stories you tell and at the same time remind ourselves that, dude, we are human. <laughs> we, come on. You know, this is not just the Simpsons. Yeah. This is you and me, and we get up and we fall down. You know, we say things sometimes that we don't mean to say. And that's the thing that you have, the... One of the main points is that you have got to be willing 
to fall down, to take risks, to not succeed every single time. If you're really not willing to have any failures, you're not going to get much out of this life. You know, there's, that's part of the um, thing that doing improv shows, specifically shows, have, and actually with broad comedy, with my um, um, putting stuff on YouTube with broad comedy or, or doing a new piece, you know, getting up and going, this might not work, but for everyone that doesn't work, you know, there's hopefully 10 that do work, and it's because you were willing to be really authentic and a little edgy or risky or something. We did, um, we have a monologue that I wrote. I didn't actually perform it, um, but I wrote for one of my other actresses for Brad Comedy, and it was about a mother, and she's just going, she's just having the hardest time, and you can, you know she loves her kids, but they're making her crazy, and there's, there's this line in it where she says, I just wanted to take him by the ankle and swing him round and round till I could get up enough momentum to launch him off the porch railing. And it's a very, in the context of the piece, it's very funny, but the first night we performed it, I'm sitting backstage going, oh my God, someone's going to call social services on me. You know? Like, they're going to know, know that I wrote that. And it was this huge relief to hear people all laugh hysterically at the line when the, when the woman got to it, because they'd felt that, number one, so it was, uh, validating their experience. But it was also, I was really just pleased that I had gone and done it anyway. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and, and let's talk about this for a minute, Katie, because, you know, I, I, people said to me, you know, Dr. Pat, what are you going to do with regard to the gloom and doom of the economy? You know, what are you going to do about what's happening to people? Mm-hmm. And I went into a meditation. I'm kind of like you. I go into a meditation. My meditations can last anywhere from 15 to 30 seconds, by the way. <laughs> and it, because I ask a question and I get the answer, and then I decide that I'm not going to argue with myself about the answer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, bam, there's the answer, right? It's like when you say to someone, oh, gee, what do you want for dinner? And they say meatloaf, and then you try to argue that they really didn't say meatloaf. <laughs> but, you know, so here I am in a meditation, and I heard, okay, you've got to give back. You've got to give back. You've got to give back. A holistic makeover. And I go and I try to look online to find somebody that's doing the makeover because, honestly, if I was truly paying attention like you suggested, Katie, <laughs> I would have heard, okay, Dr. Pat, you have to do the makeover for people. <laughs> right, right. So after spending three hours on the Internet, I finally realized, oh, this must be for me. How, how Katie, how can we help our listeners today look at our lives, look at it from the improvisation for yeah. the spirit, and know that the voice is talking to us with goodness, and that other stuff miss must be for your neighbor. Right. <laughs> There's a couple of things there, and I think it's an awareness practice, which is kind of what it sounds like you're getting at, which is um, so many of these practices, whatever practice you're doing, whether it's meditation, yoga, um, running, uh, journaling, anything, is becoming more self-aware so you're not just walking through your life, listening to your egos or your inner, I call them inner critics voices, just yakking away at you and believing it, you know, just going, oh, that's real. So, um, and, and projection is a really huge, um, projections are really interesting, complicating. Here, you want me to do a little exercise with you? First? Come on. Okay. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is going to sound funny, funny, but I, anyway, I can't preface it with anything. So, um, so I want you to say <laughs> to all your listeners, okay, Katie Goodman is, and come up with three adjectives just right away. Okay. Can, do you want me to go yeah, now? Go ahead. Okay. Katie Goodman is absolutely beautiful. She's trustworthy, 
and she um, uh, idolizes a rubber chicken. <laughs> okay. So the because this is, you know I could take this personally, but I know that this isn't actually about me. So yes. the trick of this is that it's about you, and it's a projection exercise. Well, I know I idolize rubber chicken. Right. Here we go. And you're beautiful. I've seen your website. <laughs> and absolutely trustworthy. Now, is absolutely trustworthy something in your life that's a uh, a value that you have? Oh, my gosh. You know, uh, you, you know, you should interview me sometime. Okay. Well, uh, it is, it right is important. <laughs> and, you know, for those people that know me that have been to my website, they know my experience of going through a corporation mm. and being with a company 25 years and being at a pretty powerful position and not being able to implement probably one of the most painful downsizing programs I had ever experienced. Right. Yeah. So yeah. when you break a trust, especially if you go to the old paradigm, or it's not even that old, but a different paradigm of organizations where it becomes your family, right. there's a place you get of trust. Right. So trustworthiness is not only important to me, but I, I did a master's, two master's degree, two master's papers, a dissertation, <laughs> postdoctorate paperwork, on what it means to break promises. So this is no <laughs> Did that answer your question? <laughs> right. Okay. So this is what the exercise is. And, you know, we, I'll tell you some other exercises that people can do to get a little bit more self-awareness. Cool. In these areas. But um, this, is exact, this is a great example. So now when people say this, when I'm at a workshop and people or I'm doing a speech, I always do this one because it's just fun, and people say a huge range of things. I mean, they don't say Katie Goodman's blonde. Um, they don't say Katie Goodman's a wallflower. So there's a few things that are just like obvious that are specific to me they might say about somebody else. But of the things that are available to them, which um, you don't really know if I'm trustworthy, <laughs> you know what I mean? So that came completely from you, and that's really good information. Now, what I usually do with the people is I make them stop and they say, I am beautiful, I am trustworthy, what was your third one? I am, like rubber chickens or whatever. And I kind of make them sort of own it a little bit. Yeah. But there's some things that, um, it can be a little confusing that way because some of it's not that you actually are already those things, but that they're just important to you. But the opposite is also true in terms of if you were to say, like when you are with your, like, one's partner or kids are a huge one, but particularly partner, I think, comes up where you have something negative that you're projecting onto them. And like 90% of the time, it has so little to do with them. It's about you. So it's a great, great place to practice. If you are judging anyone, especially people on the street who you don't know, because <laughs> there's no way you can know. You know no, not at all. Them, it's a great place to go, okay, I'm at least this issue of trust or uh, is coming up for me right now, and I need to kind of look at it, or um, or I want to be whatever I'm judging that person. Sometimes if you're like, they are rich and greedy. Okay. And, and maybe what you actually want is abundance. That's right. And, so yeah. you're judging them, you know. So that's a great, great place to start. And I think um, um, the way it relates to improv or creative things is when you are on stage or you're writing or something, but something quick like improv, you don't have any time, right? You don't have a lot of time to censor and think through. So all the things that come out on stage are basically you're just opening your, you know, your your psychiatrist journal for the audience because you're bringing in all this stuff, the way you talk to another character, the way you portray a woman versus the way you might portray, um, uh, I'm always playing men and women, but anything, you know, you're bringing in what is you. You just don't have anything else. So, um, 
you know, novels are another obvious place, songs, um, even questions that you ask uh, as, a, as an interviewer are the questions that are interesting to you, and that gives you insight and information about oh, yeah. you. Yeah, well, and it's really, you know, people have asked me, I, I, you know, I get a lot of emails from people, and I'll do an interview, and many of them, and, and I'll ask a question, and, it, you know, people will say, oh, my gosh, what a great question. Yeah. And then later on, they'll email me, and they'll say something like, where did you get those questions from? Yeah. Well, honestly, it's doing exactly what you said. It's being in the present moment. Right. I don't know how all of the laws of the universe work. I don't know if I'm picking up on you psychically, you right, know, right. if I have x-ray vision into your soul, if you are like there naked with me now, Katie. Right, or as Marianne no. Williamson always says, you know, there's only, I mean, the Course in Miracles says there's only one of us here. And Marianne, she was actually my very first teacher when I was like 20 mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. And, um, you know, she always talks about that, that there, I could never stand up and try to figure out what you want to hear me say tonight. Mm. I am just working with what I am thinking, and since there's only one of us here in sort of a Buddhist way mm-hmm. of thinking about that, it, then we're all going to relate to it on some level. Um, and, you, you know, we take out of different things what works for us, and we leave the rest. Well, we hope we do. I didn't learn that right, so much right. later in life, i got to tell you. <laughs> you know, I, I, I went through, and, and there's so many things that I could talk with you about about the book. I want to make sure our listeners okay. know that Katie Goodman is my very special guest today. The book is Improvisation for the Spirit. Now, Katie, what is the best website? Where would you like oh, people to go? Um, if you go to katiegoodman.com, you can get to, it says, Retreats, the book, mm-hmm. Rod Comedy, everything's on there. So that's probably the easiest, and it's Katie with an I-E. And it's with a K. And with a K, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, you know, the other thing is that you can always go to the Dr. Pat Show website and search on Goodman, and you'll see Katie come up with a link right to her website. We're, we're going through, as many people do, whenever you start to expand and grow, you have to have your website expand and grow. And so we're going through that expansion right now and ironing out all the bugs. I apologize in advance for anything that might happen when you go to the website. <laughs> but let, that brings me to the next conversation. And there's a section in the book and that you talk about getting comfortable with conflict. Mm. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it slowly. <laughs> getting comfortable with conflict i got to this page and i thought what and then i thought yeah brilliant let's talk a little bit about why it's important to get comfortable with conflict and what you what you were talking about when you when you went through this chapter when you went through this part of the book right well it came out of uh um the less practical but fun place of um in an improv scene um, if you have no conflict, you have no interesting story or anything, and nothing nothing goes anywhere. Mm-hmm. Nothing goes right. anywhere, which is also a great metaphor, right? Like your life's not going to go anywhere if you're just sort of plodding along and you're not willing to, you know, take risks or engage in um, in the conflicts you may be having already. I mean, there's very few people who just don't have conflicts. They're they're there. They're just there. We're either well, yeah, or you know, they're close to not breathing. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You got to take yeah. a pulse. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, so I started just sort of thinking about that as a, as a in terms of sort of the yogic part of it or the mm-hmm. philosophical part of it, and I got m- much more excited about kind of <laughs> prolonging the conflict, adding to the conflict, creating more drama. Now. It's kind of funny for an actor to say, I'm learning to add more drama, but I'm not exactly trying to add more drama to my life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's fine. We're, we're good there. But, um, 
in terms of when you're having a conflict is to not try to get to the solution quite so fast. So in real life. Um, so if you are in a discussion with, um, you know, your whatever, an, someone you work with, and I think especially women, I really just hate to be gender um, biased about this, but I do think women have this thing. It's just very different. Like our wanting to get along with each other yes. is so biologically, you know, yes. it's, it's very tribal. And, yes. um, and and we have to process and understand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I'm going to walk down the street next to you and you and I will have a little snit with each other and then I hit you on the butt and say, it's all good, Katie. <laughs> and I think with men also there is something of the respecting each other when they have sort of a fight and somebody kind of wins. That's, it's just a whole different ballgame, and I'm mm-hmm. still trying to unravel that one. But um, uh, this is what's great about it. I have a totally feminist husband who took more women's studies classes than I took, and we write broad comedy together, and, and it's, he's the one who is so great at helping to kind of figure out the, the women's issue in the issue that we're writing. But, um, and I think what happens for us women is wanting, wanting to get to... Um, um, Yes, and I'm sorry, and I love you, and you know we're we're great, we're good, right? We're cool, right? And wanting to, um, and, and what we need to do is to calmly, you know, in a comfortable way, spend more time in the conflict and explore it because if if you get there too fast, you've probably skipped a step, and it's going to be there later, or um, you didn't really get anywhere that's helpful or interesting. It's not like going to progress past that. Right, exactly. But, you know, it's kind of interesting. It kind of reminds me, I want to go back to my little meditation story. Um, Because for years, I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought that, you know, when I sat down in my meditation and I turned on the music and I lit the candle and I got all ready to go, that I was going to have to be there for a good half hour, 45 minutes to an hour. (laughs) And so when I started to ask the questions and get the answers, I actually made myself sit there longer. And then what I started to do is, is look at my watch and look at the time. And, you know, conflict in what we're talking about, I think the differences that you just pointed out are, are, are so important. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own style, whether it's men versus women mm-hmm. or it's simply masculine versus feminine energy. Right. And there are a lot of women, myself being one, who have a lot of masculine energy. I mean, in the middle of a show, I'm not going to be looking at my watch and saying, Katie, is the interview over yet? Mm-hmm. But clearly there may be days where we each look and we say, boy, I'm not really attached to having this conversation. Mm-hmm. But isn't it our differences that truly give us the opportunity for our growth? Oh, right, right. And plus it would be so boring if we, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it would be so boring. You know, you also talk about doing versus being. This is, this is a conversation that has truly now come to the forefront. Mm-hmm. When we look at the movie The Secret, and there have been many, com- you know, comedic, I would say, whether they improvs or, or skits, on doing versus being. Yeah. And, and you talk about this in a number of different ways. You know, what have you learned in your own life about doing versus being? Because it would, I would imagine that in your business, you have to be on quite a bit. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. And this is, I'm a recovering type A, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, half the book is about that, too, and and trying to learn about effortlessness. Is that, that's actually maybe in the effortlessness chapter. Yes, it is. I think you know my book better. Yeah. <laughs> You've read it more recently. Um, and, yeah, we had a, we had a, um, exp- I ran a camp in the summer, a theater camp, and um, we had, a, the staff had an expression which was chillax. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love, yeah. I love um, that. 
And um, I think for me, you know, I, I talk about this a little bit in the book, too, when I first saw um, one of those affirmations that said, my life is effortless. And I said it out loud and just absolutely started laughing hysterically, like, yeah, right. You know? <laughs> and, um, but, <laughs> but I do, I, I did understand the idea, and I have really come so far on that, where the struggle doesn't really um, work. Working hard works, but struggle is kind of working hard with mm, an agenda, tension, Leaving things should, should be a certain way. You know the you know the maybe story that they, everybody always talks about the Zen maybe story where the the the, the guy's son breaks his leg and he can't go to war mm-hmm. and they say oh that's great and he says maybe and then it turns out and it just keeps changing. It just goes on and on, good and bad. Yeah, and that right and it is that's that's uh, endless. <laughs> so to to um, kind of let go. These are all so related. Is what's so interesting. Every time I have another interview, I'm like, God, these are just so interconnected. The ideas of um, of taking risks, authenticity, letting go, surrender, being in the flow, being present—they're just all round and round and round, interwoven with each other. And I think effortlessness and um, what did you say, doing versus being—is um, it's so important to to get an idea first of. Um, Okay, I'm going to say two contradictory things, so let me see if I can say them. One is of, of knowing a little bit what you want before you just do is really important. At the same time, though, there's another kind of person who's totally stymied by that, where they, I can't do anything until I know exactly, exactly what I want. So then there's this whole other idea, which is the, I was using ready, fire, aim, but it's a little violent of an image. I kind of prefer ready, go, set, yep. which is, you know, you are... And I'm doing this every second in improv. There isn't a minute where I know what's going to work or happen. So it's, um, and and I'm I'm doing this with raising my five-year-old and everything. And actually with broad comedy, trying to figure out what are we doing next. We're bringing it to L.A. this winter. And so we're trying to figure out that, you know, how we want to do it. And this month I just said, you know what, I don't have a clear vision. So, and I had about four different people, including like, I, a rune and a fortune cookie all telling me at the same time, don't make any decisions, <laughs> you know. I was like, okay, 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 I'm listening. And, and that is, that is um, opening up a space for effortlessness and being before doing. And it's really hard for me. I'm such a um, planner and a doer and a leader and a, you know, manifester in a, in a stringent, like, I'm going to manifest this, damn it, you know, kind of way. So, um, it's well, really it, important. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of like, you know, and, and let's talk about this for a minute. I, I want to make sure everybody knows my special guest today is Katie Goodman right here on the Dr. Pat Show. For more about Katie, you can you can find out lots about her by going to her website, which is katiegoodman.com. That's K-A-T-I-E, goodman.com. The book is Improvisation for the Spirit. And, you know, sometimes I think that we think the spirit doesn't laugh or have a sense of humor. Mm. And I think, Katie, what you've been able to do through this book and through your work is remind us that there are many different aspects of who we are. There are many different ways that we get to show up, and humor is one part of it. Mm. I mean, I know I've laughed at myself about focusing on things I didn't want. You addressed this in the book. I mean, you, you talk about focusing on lack. Right. And we wonder what happens when we keep saying to ourselves over and over again, 
I don't have money, I don't have money, I don't have money. Oh, gosh, I don't even want to keep saying that. It's kind of a scary thing for me. But we say it in so many ways, and we wonder why not having any money shows up. Right. (laughs) You know, it's like, and so. Yeah. There's something interesting I just read, too, Mm -hmm. an interesting book called um, um, uh, something, shoot, now I can't remember what it's called, um, Stumbling Towards Happiness, is that? Yes. And it's like a red and white cover. And he says that to do gratitude lists and all these things that we probably you and I are already doing, right? Right. These affirmative sort of practices. Or or a little mantra. Yep. But one thing that was so interesting about that was how you can get um, uh, almost like acclimatized to anything. And that why going to like, like the women who come to my workshop have never done it before. Going to something new kind of shakes you up and you're doing all the same practice and all the same work but in a totally new venue and um, because if you get if you're doing like a gratitude list every single day after a while it'll stop giving you any of the sort of good juju <laughs> uh-huh. which was pretty interesting and to keep so this is part of lightening up which is okay I've been meditating or I've been doing yoga or whatever it is every day for six years and I have had it and that that's absolutely okay to try to find something new that gives your spirit um, a lift. And, mm-hmm. and you look at something new, and Sherry Huber, my teacher, always says, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. It's really important to be able to have a chance to see that in retreats or you know, even just a retreat in your own home. But doing things differently is, is a great way to, to see how do I normally do that. And, oh, my God, there it is again, that thing that I do, you know. Well, exactly. And, you know, when we look at this, when we look at improvisation, we look at comedy, when we, we look at spirit, I don't know about you, but I grew up under a certain religion that I won't mention where, you know, you really couldn't say um, comedy and God in the same sentence, okay? <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? That yeah. just was not going to work. <laughs> and and yet all of us are learning how to chill out. We're, we're learning that. I think there's even a book title, uh, you know, God Has a Sense of Humor. I think somebody wrote that book. And if they didn't, I think we need to write it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm surrounded by um, my a lot of Catholics. I married into a Catholic and all these. And and that's one of the the religions I think that uh, they've struggled a little bit with that. And I uh, totally adore paying attention to all different religions. But one of the things I'm sort of grateful for is having been brought up Jewish, because God and humor are absolutely in the same sentence in sort of the Jewish religion and culture, really. And that's kind of interesting. I mean, there's so many um, comedians that are Jewish, and I didn't really realize, like, what is that thing there? What's that all about? And there's something about, um, well, maybe suffering, too, as a people, but also irony, um, um, you know, and, and looking at... Um, looking at the lighter side. It's really yeah. interesting. I'm still curious about that. But. Well, it, it is very curious. I mean, uh, you know, I'm going to have to ask Rabbi, Rabbi Ted exactly a, a little bit about that when I see him next time. <laughs> uh, you know, but, but what this is about truly in today's conversation and, and the book that you've written is, you know, some people say you can you can get a lot more with candy. I mean, you can certainly get a lot more for yourself with laughter, with the lighter side of things. Mm-hmm. And... I guess if we were to take a minute and just look at the law of attraction, because it's right. talked about so much these days. Right, right. It's also about the vibration and the energy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember my mom. I come from a, a not a really wealthy family. I mean, we had you know we we had some tough times, and 
I remember my my stepmom and you know trying to raise all of us and and you know really we didn't have very much money at all and and I remember she would always laugh. Um, she would always kind of laugh on uh, towards the end of the month, okay. And she'd have this big chuckle, and we'd all be sitting down around the table getting ready to eat dinner. And you kind of know that, you know, she had a good humor and was laughing. And the reason she was laughing, it was the end of the month. Payday wasn't coming until another week. And we were going to get maybe rubber chicken surprise for dinner. (laughs) But in that moment, she had an opportunity to either throw this stuff on the plate, moan and groan about the fact that, you know, we, we had to sit there and share a couple of cans of beans and some cornbread, or truly bring the light, the joy, the abundance, and talk about how delicious that cornbread was. Katie, isn't it important for us in most of the critical moments of our day to choose the lighter side of decision, the lighter side of consciousness, so to speak? Oh, it's so important, and I think that's, not, it's not even just, I think a lot of people think of it as it's just the way to get through it. Uh, that in itself is even sort of a depressing kind of outlook on it. Yeah, that's it's, when the cornbread burns, by right. the way. <laughs> that's when we have burnt cornbread. That's that story. Right. But I think, no, I think it's, um, it is kind of the point to me is to, what happens when you're doing that is you're, um, well, in a Buddhist terms, you're disassociating from the ego. I don't mean disassociating like in those psychopathic exactly but you're stepping back from the ego and you're not buying it you're like no this doesn't suck (laughs) um you know this isn't all bad i'm not all bad um uh and it's again it's another course in miracles which i actually it's funny that's coming up so much i haven't even looked at it in a long time but i did really like it when i worked with it which is that um uh, was it uh only the love is real and nothing unreal exists and so everything that is you know, fearful and holding us down is is perspective, and it's it is it's a you know fabrication really. And there's horrible things that happen, but what we how you always hear great stories about the amazing person who came out of a concentration camp or out of Rwanda, and you know they have this incredible light around them, and that is where free will, your freedom and your authenticity are, is in how 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 like what kind of did you have to the event or were you able to um, keep you know that pers- that um, some joy for full perspective like how do you see what's happened to you that's where your freedom is well it, it is our freedom to really take a look at that and you know Katie in as we as we look at the the time that you and I have just spent and talking about so many different things, I think there is a bottom line sort of summary for all this. And, 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 and truly, when I look at what you put together in the book and the many, many different areas that you cover, everything from trust to authenticity, you know, it, it looks to me like for us to create the map that will give us the journey to our life's desires, to everything we dream, we have to integrate and I wanted to ask you, you've integrated some of these principles, actually all of them, so well. Thank you. How do you, how do you, Katie Goodman, how do you look at your life and the big picture, and how do you decide what's next for you to do? Hmm. Well, like I said, 
right now I am in the sort of let's wait kind of moment. I just came off of camp and we just shot four music videos. So there's sort of like an exhaustion. I don't really have a lot of clarity. So one of the things I'm learning is to not do when I don't know exactly. Um, but that's coming from someone who's a real doer. So if you're the opposite, I would actually suggest to do when you don't know. <laughs> you know, take a little foray into go into the bookstore and see what your eyes are attracted to. Like, what's next? Hmm. You know, oh, my goodness, I'm looking at this book on um, pottery. What What is that about? And you don't even know if it's I want to go to a pottery sale or I want to become a potter or I just want to... to eat differently, you know, and but paying attention to what your heart, not your head, is kind of striving for. We, you know, I just did a, um, we have a music video called Soccer Mom Ho <laughs> that we just put up on, a, that's been on YouTube and we have, we have a whole bunch of other ones there. And what's really interesting in, in our lives, my husband and I, is we've got the camp, very family friendly, we've got broad comedy, which is a little outrageous. And then I've got sort of spiritual workshops. And how do all these pieces go together? People are really complicated. I think it's okay to be, you know, at work. You are, I don't mean you're putting on a mask, but you, part of you comes out at work, part of you comes out at home, and then part of you comes out with your girlfriend at night. Mm-hmm. And sort of allowing that mix of, of um, your personality. Um, and and authentic, and that that is authentic as well. But getting more and more, I'm just sort of harping on this, but getting more and more comfortable every day, taking small risks with being a little bit more honest, saying the thing you wanted to say, trying something new. And those are all things that I do kind of constantly. I'm not I'm not all afraid of trying new things or taking risks or saying what might not be accepted. Um, you know, and you're out there in the public, Katie. Yeah. I mean, it's really clear you're out there in the public. And one of the things that I know, you know, folks get troubled with a lot, I see this in young people, the young people that I work with, is this idea of being evaluated, of not being good enough, not having the right clothes, not having the right look, not wearing the right mascara. You know you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's how do we fit in? We have a pop culture right now. That would have all of us be, uh, you know, 106 pounds and, uh, you know, no wrinkles. And so, you know, when we look at this and what, what the measures are that we try to look up to, you know, these benchmarks, these baselines, mm. what is it that Katie Goodman puts down on her list to finish the question, I am Katie Goodman and I stand for blank? Oh, oh that's a great question. Nobody's ever asked me that straight out. Um, I think freedom would be a, a word, freedom to be who I am, but um, to also choose the way I kind of want my my life to go. Mm-hmm. But it also, and that comes back to my sort of politics in terms of um, what I'm doing with my work for women in our show. Um, so that's what I think is the, is the word. That, freedom is just the most important thing to me. And, and it's a very big word. You know, it's a, yeah, it's a very big word. I mean, yeah. you know, when we take a look at your comedy, I mean, and I want folks to know, broadcomedy.com, broad, B-R-O-A-D, comedy.com, you know, you can take a look at the website and find out a little bit more about Katie Goodman and, and what uh, she has created. And, and to look at the things that you get to explore, 
ask yourself the question, the question that I just asked Katie. You know, say your name. I am Pat Basilian. I stand for. And write down three or four different bullet points without judging them, without beating yourself up. You know, part of this is so important in terms of freedom, and that's what you talked about. I mean, it's... It, it's it's a it's a very big word, and I and Katie, I want to ask you: Is the search for freedom? No. <laughs> is the search for freedom a search where not only can we we be focused and dedicated, but also have a little humor around it? Mm-hmm. Is the say that again? Is the search for is freedom? the search for freedom this journey that we create? Because yeah. I believe it is a search. I believe every time. I open my mouth or I step out in the door or I make a decision, I'm on a journey. Right, right. The question always is, is it a journey that's going to take me on a path to freedom or am I dragging a 25-ton weight around my ankle? Right, right, right. Uh, And And are we allowing freedom for other people too? I mean, I was joking about the writing, but that's such an interesting thing to watch right now how people are taking risks to get killed to vote in other countries and we're not voting here and I don't... You know, and that is, that's your freedom right there, too, is being able to choose, you know. And so, you know, part of what I love, and I want to mention that I, I've thoroughly enjoyed, first of all, I've thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you, Katie, and I, I, I can see why, you know, you set the stage for so many of us to, you know, to, to actually, you know, touch our funny bones here and there. Right, right. And really be doing that by looking at ourselves. And the book is, is absolutely fabulous in, in that way. And as we sort of wrap up this hour, uh, there's, there's a part of the book that I wanted to ask you about because this is, and I'll admit this, this is a part, this is part of me that I've had most difficulty having humor or laughing about. And, and you talk about the practice of commitment. Uh, you know, commitment again, you know, means many things to many people. Right. But I get the sense from what you're, you've written in the book that without it, we truly can't achieve the goals that we set for ourselves. Right. And I wanted to ask you about that. Right. I think um, the word commitment is so scary to so many people, and it usually implies a relationship or um, a diet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, to look at commitment in so many other ways, and, and one of the practices of Zen Buddhism is um, it's a commitment practice where you, part of the reason to sit your booty on the mat, on the cushion, is simply to sit through all the things the ego can say, like, I can't do this, I shouldn't have to do this, who's making me do this, I want to rebel. You know, all these voices that we hear, and it, those apply to everything. I mean, it's just incredible about taking the next leap with a new job, um, about you know, having a child, any anything that you can commit to or not commit to, it's a great way to practice sitting, 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 sitting through um, all those voices and coming back to the present moment over and over. And in improv, it's interesting that you say that because commitment is by far one of the most important skills an improv actor can use. So if you're if you bail in the middle of a scene, um, it's so obvious the scene just dies. And if you commit, you're like, I'm going to be this, you know, um, ridiculous nurse character, um, you know, with whatever, with frog's legs, whatever you've been sort of given or has come come along. But I'm going to do it fully. Um, then it's going to work. And everyone can see that in improv. I think half the reason the audience sits and watches improv, besides they don't know what's going to happen, they want to see you struggle. <laughs> they actually want to watch you struggle, and they want to see you succeed and get out of it. 
And the only way you're going to do that is through committing. And that's why it's a great, great place to practice that. But you can do it with anything. You can say, this week, I'm going to get up at this hour. This week, I'm going to walk this much. It can be physical or it can be mental. This week, I'm going to not have one pessimistic thought that I listen to. If it comes, I'm just going to brush it aside and keep going. So any kind of commitment practice is really more about the practice than about what you chose. It's about learning how to be somebody who works through challenge. Does that make sense? It actually does make sense. And, it, and you know, as we wrap this up, Katie, uh, you know, it is for all of us to sort of figure out the humor, the laughter, the how we get through it stuff. And, you know, as that cornbread was being served with a couple of can of pork and beans, yeah. and I can remember the laugh on, you know, that my, my stepmom have and the smile on her face. And to this day, every time I get a piece of cornbread, it makes me smile. <laughs> and I think that's what you're doing, Katie. You're leaving us with an imprint that's going to enable us to smile in the good times and the not so good. What is your personal message, Katie? What is your personal message? What do you want to leave with our listeners today? Oh, <laughs> just to trust yourself. There's so much good, juicy stuff in there, and I really think people don't believe that in each person. And to trust that um, that the world needs it and wants it and just to let it out. Just let it out. Let it rock. Make it happen. And remember to keep smiling through most of it. I want to thank you so much, Katie Goodman. Thank you. And, and this has been a fabulous conversation. Please let our listeners know how they can find out more about you. I know that you're going to be doing things in, in, in the future. Folks are going to want to be able to find where you're going to be and how they can be part of it. Okay, well, they can go to YouTube and type in Soccer Mom Ho. <laughs> this is one of our music videos. There's, be, be cautious. It's a lot of R-rated stuff, not appropriate for kids. Um, and then also I've been, I am, um, have been doing speaking all around the country, and they can contact me through katiegoodman.com for that if they'd like me to come or they'd like to come. And then I'll be doing workshops all over the country as well in Kripalu and all the centers. Um, but the next one's in November at Chico Hot Springs in Montana, which is such a treat. It's an amazing, gorgeous place next to Yellowstone Park. Well, Katie Goodman, as we say on the Dr. Pat Show, you rock. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. And remember, everyone, get out your rubber chicken and do a little praising and raising. I'm Dr. Pat Basile, the host of the Dr. Pat Show. If you missed any part of this, it'll be up in the archives. We'll see you all next week. And remember, you too can improv for the greater good in your life. We'll see you next week, everyone.